Hello, you're listening to the Bonded Books Podcast, where we discuss books, fight over book boyfriends, and the lack of filter is a family trait. If you're lucky, you might even hear one of our dogs barking in the background. Because hey, if we have to deal with them, then so do you. We hope to dazzle you with our discussion while not being hurtful to the authors we feature. Success not guaranteed. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Are you there? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, good. How's your day going? Oh, it's going. Worked on my notes, ate breakfast, and here we are. Yes. I've been perusing the internet waiting for you. Okay. I have things to do. Oh. Okay, we'll make this quick. I don't have anything to do. I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Hey, I forgot to tell you. I wanted to tell you real quick. I know this book is going to take a long time, but I went to physical therapy for that vertigo thing. Mm-hmm. So this was very different than when I'd been before. I've never been to a physical therapist for this. So one of the things they do is they make you close your eyes and relax your neck and they shake your head everywhere to see where you're dizzy. Did they study at the school of Mexican tequila shots? <laughs> Thank you. Oh my God. That is exactly <laughs> what it reminded me of. Holy shit. I can't believe you said that. <laughs> when I went to Cancun with Pat, we went to a mm-hmm. restaurant and they made us do uh, tequila shots. And the guy throws a rag over your face like you're being kidnapped and shakes your head. So yeah. You get th- oh my God. I've definitely seen that. (laughs) Well, you've never had it done? No, tequila makes me want to vomit. I can't do it. Oh, believe me, the next day is when we got on the boat to go over to Cozumel. And I swear to God, I I prayed for death like you wouldn't believe. But anyway, then besides that, she takes you out to the physical therapy area. She puts a pair of goggles on you that project what's your eye movement to a little TV screen so she can watch your eyes rather than the doctor just looking at your eyes like they used to do. She tightens this thing so my brain is going to pop out of the top of my head. And if that's not bad enough, I can't breathe because my nose is smushed. And on top of it, I felt like I was going into a deprivation chamber. She puts the cap on it so you can't see. Oh, okay. So do you so see anything while you have the No. On? No, it's pitch black. But I guess well, she that's can weird. see. Isn't it weird? I didn't think to ask her because I was so freaked out. How can you see what's happening? But I guess she could. And then she makes you lay down. She moves your head. It's v- horrible. It's horrible. Do not recommend five thumbs down. Did it help at all? Or what is it supposed to do? It's supposed to put the crystals that are loose and moving in your inner ear back where they belong so that you get rid of vertigo and did it or no um it did help a little bit but i'm supposed to go back next week and i'm like really and then i totally forgot there's medication 
I'm going to have to get some of this before we leave. I forgot what it's called, but there is medication. I want to make sure that I get some before we go on our trip. That all sounds terrible. It was terrible. And I told her, I go, <laughs> you know, I have to. Oh, and also she made you close your eyes and walk down the hall towards her or walk backwards. And I go, this is more trust than I've ever given anybody in my entire life. <laughs> like and I'm going to fall directly into this wall. Well, yes. And I also said, I better pray to God that I'm never pulled over by a cop because they will never believe I'm not drunk. I can't, I can't walk in a straight line. It was horrible. Yeah. It doesn't sound fun. Well, what would my life be if it were not for the not fun things I have to do? (laughs) (laughs) Right? You know me. Okay. I, there better not be reincarnation is all I got to say. I will be so. Oh my God, Rachel, do I really want to come back? No, you can come back. I'm not coming back. Okay. I know we have a lot of things to say about this book, I guess. I don't know if I necessarily have a lot of things to say on this book. I have nine pages of notes, but the first like five chapters, I think I summarized in three sentences. So (laughs) it's like... okay. It's like um, not an equal amount of what I typed up as what I feel like happens in the book versus what I highlighted for quotes of like things that got explained in the book. I don't know how much I actually have to say about this book, but we'll see as we go along. Well, we will definitely find out. Let's do it. Okay, so we're going to talk about Choosing Theo, book one in the Clacanian series by Victoria Aveline. As an example of what I'm talking about, my summary for chapter one, Jade gets kidnapped yeah. from her home. <laughs> like literally <laughs> all I have to say about chapter one. Um, I do have some stuff highlighted, though, about what this creature, it's an alien. Yes, of what course. this alien kind of looks like that kidnaps her. She's in her house doing dishes and she hears what she thinks is like a lightning storm. So she looks outside and she thinks there's like something out there. And she, it says she flipped on the porch light intending to scare away the furry intruder. She thinks it's like a raccoon or something. Then it goes on a human sized reptilian creature stood in her yard instead. Sounds fucking disgusting and terrifying. Unless you're married a lizard man and you enjoy that kind of thing. And as history shows, I did not enjoy that because I didn't like that book. (laughs) (laughs) I enjoyed it. That's all that mattered. Yeah, true. Okay, Okay, so so Jade gets kidnapped by an alien. She has to travel on the alien ship. Eventually, she gets to some sort of destination where these reptile aliens put her in this, like, single-person chamber space pod and eject her from the reptile ship. I did appreciate her... She can't really tell time while she's in there. Uh Uh-huh. And so this is how she describes kind of what's happened to her while she's on there. No. Thinking back, Jade figured two days on this ship had been spent having a complete mental breakdown and then recovering from said breakdown. The next two days had been spent sitting in a cell and occasionally receiving food she refused to eat. I actually thought that was pretty fast recovery because I would have spent way longer having a mental breakdown. I would not be able to cope at all. 
I, I would have died the instant I saw a lizard person outside my kitchen window. Mm -hmm. I can't handle, I don't ever want to go into space. If it's going into space or jumping off a cliff, I would run headlong for the cliff edge and literally yeah. say, later, Gator. <laughs> no reptile pun intended. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh god okay so jade's little space pod crash lands in a jungle on a planet that she describes as having two moons she gets out of the little escape pod she's venturing around trying to figure out where the hell she is has something with her that she took from the reptiles which she describes as a sleep spray mm -hmm. so as soon as one creature she can't really get a good look at it whenever something approaches her she sprays it with the sleep spray and runs off she sees a city in the distance so she's trying to get towards that city i don't Can know I how she I, thinks uh, the city's gonna help her but right I, I i was like how did she know there's not more of these people that want to kidnap her she knows none of this and personally my favorite part of the book was wishing i had this sleep spray i would use it on my dogs until they <laughs> were addicts because <laughs> then i could actually sleep through the night i thought you were gonna say you would spray it on yourself <laughs> i could sleep just fine if my dogs would leave me the hell alone yeah makes sense so while she's on this adventure she sees an alien transport vehicle that sounds like the pod from jurassic park that big circular thing um it's a it's big round silver object that's floating along what she thinks is a road but i'm like how would you ever know in a million years that this is a transport vehicle and not something that's going to kill you? I don't know. To me, she assumes a lot, but okay. Yes. Well, she's also very trusting because as soon as she sees this thing and it's heading towards the city, it looks like, she decides to mm -hmm. try to hitch a ride. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. Okay, girl. So I'm not, I can't remember what ends up happening, but she ends up waking up after that in the alien city and there's a female there, alien, of course, who's trying to communicate with her. She's not able to do so, though, because the translator doesn't work. But Jade can understand her. But yeah, the woman can't understand Jade. She says that her name is Maya. I might be saying it wrong because it's M-E-Y-A, but I'm just going to say Maya. She tells Jade that this new planet is called Clicania. And she also tells her that Jade's home planet was something called the class four, which is the mm -hmm. lowest class. Of course. Which is funny. Humans are awful. The next chapter has a decent amount. The next couple chapters, I guess I should say, has a decent amount of info dumping and world building. Mm -hmm. This woman explains to Jade that intergalactic law says that she, meaning Jade, is to remain on Clicania for a period of one year. And that their law says that an off-worlder needs to be put under protection and monitored by a resident for that year. And then she says, during that year, they provide whichever species. Oh, excuse me, I'm reading it wrong. A year will provide whichever species encounters a class four enough time to teach them about the known universe. Because, like we said, Earth is like a nothing planet yeah, so. not advanced i would need way more than a year yeah and so basically there's this law that requires them to help her learn how to live off of earth and she also says 
I'll only require you to live alone with a Clickhanian for three months. After that, you may choose where on Clickhania you like to live. Clickhanian male, isn't it? It's got to be, a, of course, it's got to be a man. Uh, Yeah. So this is the weirdest forced proximity yeah. trope. Oh my God. Play out yes. I've ever fucking seen. You and me both. Um, literally the weirdest one I've ever seen in a book. So Jade mm -hmm. has to marry a Clacanian male for three months, live with him, and learn the ways of this world. After that three-month time period, she can leave him, get her own apartment, do whatever she wants for the remainder of that one-year time period. It's very bizarre. And then they tell you at some point, you know, that the, it, I guess it's a woman ruling the planet, she's a queen, and Jade, of course, doesn't want to be married. But they're telling her, oh, there's no other way. She can't live with a host family, for God's sake. She's got to be a bride. Oh, but this is a quote from the story. The queen has made a very good compromise on your part. You'll be allowed to choose your husband and you'll become a bride. So this is where the whole choosing Theo thing comes in. Mm -hmm. I totally did not see this playing out the way that it is, but okay. They also tell her that she has to do a coupling ceremony and there's three stages. The viewing, the choosing, and the testing. And so then we go to the viewing. More information in this chapter as to why they have this really fucking weird system. Yep. And basically we find out here that it this is also another book where women died off because of something that happens. Right. And so there's hardly any women, a shit ton of men, and this is but kind there of are, the solution. But they did find women that were also taken because she's not in this viewing thing by herself there's other women and there's alien women in there isn't she the only human yes but yes there's okay. a big group of women in there looking at these men and there's a a man that's assigned an older man that's assigned to help her through all of this process his name is is it Zykus? Yes. And he, he tells her you're going to be looking at a bunch of men. And she's pleasantly surprised when she finds out, when she sees them, and they're all what she refers to as hunky aliens. <laughs> she says, just because she didn't intend on becoming anyone's bride didn't mean she couldn't objectify a few fine aliens <laughs> when in Rome. <laughs> That's right. Yes, mm -hmm. twist my arm to look at those men. I'll force myself. Yes, yeah, so one of these guys that comes out, she describes as the most powerful man she'd ever laid eyes on. She even walks up the glass to the glass to see him. But she says that she doesn't think anyone can call this man beautiful. He has deeply tanned skin. His markings were a dark, inky black, and the black designs covered his skin in a much more severe way than the others as well. These weren't delicate vine-like tattoos. These were more like tribal designs you'd see in the South Pacific. The dark black of his markings matched the color of his hair. Dark eyelashes and a naturally light shade of green eyes. Did you get the impression, because I got the impression, that most of the men are light-skinned? They have, like, blonde hair. And he's so different because he has dark hair and these dark tattoos, right? 
Oh, probably because he's, we find out later he's half Clacanian and half something else. Mm -hmm. And then also his tattoos are very different and they're what the people say are what make him look ugly in appearance. He's like the ugliest Clacanian they have ever seen. No brother. Yeah, but she describes him as after saying he's six and a half feet tall, he's got massive biceps. She says, Dev devastatingly sexy god of war seems more accurate. Half the women in there are terrified. The others look disgusting, disgusted. And she thinks, what's, what's she missing there? Because he sounds like a fine specimen standing there and these men are all the women have notepads the men are all holding numbers the women write down the numbers of the corresponding men that they're interested in meeting it's to me all incredibly degrading but supposedly the men find it an honor to have a chance to be with a woman we also find out in this chapter that the males outnumber the females 20 to 1 there was a plague is what killed off a bunch of the women. I think it said, I had a quote. I think it was 20% of the men and 70% of the women died in the plague. Well, at least they got some men this time. It wasn't just the women for God's sake. <laughs> yeah. And they say that finding another species that's compatible with us would be an invaluable discovery. One we've been searching for, for hundreds of years. One that might save our people from extinction. And they describe yeah, so, this three-month marriage not as a matehood, but a trial. So their goal is for them to have more children to save their planet, I guess. But of course they want girl children because the females have disappeared. But it doesn't always happen. It's not a definite. Mm. Yes, because some of the kids most of the kids, I guess, that are being born are males. So it's not really helping them. So then after they do the viewing, Jade meets a woman named Asiva. Then they mm -hmm. go to the choosing, which is part two of this whole thing. Uh -huh. And Jade picks two people from the lineup that she wants to meet. When she's explaining to Asiva and Zekas who the two people are, they're shocked when they realize that Theo is one of them. And of course she thinks he's hot as hell and covered in tattoos, but they tell her at this point that he never gets picked because those aren't tattoos. Those are scars. Yeah. This kind of, I was like, what, what are you talking about? Scars that are formed in a particular pattern. And I've seen scars and believe me, they look nothing like tattoos. <laughs> This whole thing about his scars versus them being tattoos versus being birthmarks never made sense to me in the entire book because... Okay, good. Me either. He had birthmarks and then something happened later on in the story we're told about when he was younger that basically... Was it a fire, an explosion or yes, something? It was so a fire. Got, okay, so he got injured during that incident and that changed his markings but they're very distinct mm -hmm. and like she says they look like tribal tattoos but everyone else calls them scars and they make him ugly i didn't understand it at all throughout the entire story 
Yeah, they're like, you're so beautiful. You're a beautiful female. You could have any male you want. Why would you pick him? Nobody ever picks him. Yes, and then they say he would be a good husband, but he's not prepared for a wife because he never gets picked. But then they also tell her, she gets like a dossier on the two people she picked. So one's Theo, the other is she refers to as the pirate. <laughs> yes. He sounds like the sexy pirate, um, but apparently all the females pick him because he is so good looking. Yeah, she even explains that Theo was her number one choice, and mm -hmm. she only down other people as options just in case Theo got chosen. So she's really honed in on him from the get-go. Yeah, and the men have to go to school to learn how to be a good husband, I, did, I didn't like this part because I'm like, if this were opposite and the females were being sent, I would hate it. You know, it's like, where's your red cloak? You know? This is very much, why do I want to say husbandry, but that's totally not the right word. When you would do cooking classes and you would learn sewing and you would learn all of these home skills. economics, home, home economics, that's what it is. It's home economics for men. Yes, and of but course. Also for, go ahead. I was just going to say it's also for older people. They're still like teenagers at this point, but um, they also test them on their sexual proficiency. Yeah. Like, this is disgusting. disgusting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So some of the things are cooking and childcare. And for the sexual proficiency test, he got a 10, which, duh, of course he did. Of course, yes. So Go before ahead. they meet for the first time, Jade has to undergo some medical care, kind of make sure she's, like, in tip-top shape. The only thing I wanted to point out from here is that at one point they tell her, your thyroid gland is producing less hormone than optimal. Do you want us to fix that for you? Of course she says yes. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you dumb bitch, because earlier in the book, she talked about how she got the birth control shot. So I'm like, of course, when they're saying <laughs> you have less hormone and you told them to fix it, that means oh, now your birth God. control shot's getting flushed out of your system. Oh, I didn't even put two and two together. Oh, my God. I'm so a fucking bloodhound on the oops babies that as soon as yeah, that sentence happened, I was like, oh, she's getting pregnant for sure. Yeah. So... They finally meet for the first time, but of course they don't speak because he doesn't have a translator update. When she walks in the room, he is naked though. Oh my God. Because he assumes that she just wants to get her time in with like the freak basically and sleep with him. Well, but, he's blind, not only naked, he's blind. Oh yeah. Again, that's right. This is all horrible piece of meat treatment. He's blindfolded naked so that this woman can check out his body and sleep with him if she wants because as she passes other rooms she can hear other people having sex oh yeah she can try him out before she makes the full commitment yeah it's gross yeah it is gross uh the only thing i liked from this was when she gets near him and it says dipping his head to the column of her neck 
He inhaled deeply and exhaled with a groan. His hot breath on her sensitive flesh made her shiver. Then he gave the sensitive spot on her neck a slow, hot lick, making her toes curl. Uh, I will admit when I read this part, I also thought, okay, now we're going to start getting somewhere. It's going to be okay. Okay, but it's not going to be okay because Theo <laughs> refuses <laughs> to I thought it was going to be okay. I didn't say it was. Yeah, okay. Theo's whole thing is that there's absolutely no way anybody would ever want me unless it was for yeah. nefarious reasons. He's convinced that Jade is a spy sent to gather intel on him because he's basically a mercenary, has a shit ton of money from all of these jobs that he's done. He thinks that she's a spy sent to get information on him from one of his past targets or one of his rivals. When I read that part, I'm like, are you kidding me? Because doesn't he, he doesn't know about her past. He doesn't know that she was kidnapped. He doesn't know. Of all the things to jump to conclusion, this man needs to be on medication. He spirals and spirals and <laughs> spirals so much throughout this book. It's mm -hmm. crazy. It's ridiculous. So after the viewing, he says, can I leave now? I fulfilled my obligation. Zika agrees and nods and he says, you may. So Theo crossed the entirety of the room before the man murmured. You'll need to get your wife first, though. And Theo responds, what did you say? Yeah. And Zika's response, she chose you to be her husband. And Zika was smiling. And Theo just mm -hmm. responds, no. And yeah. Zika goes, no. no. And he goes, no, yeah. there's something wrong. No one would ever choose him. She must want something. Then he decides, well, he's going to end up taking her, but he's not going to disclose anything about himself. He's going to be a, a closed book and he's going to make her crack that she was in fact sent to spy on him. Yes, he thinks I can keep an eye on her and discover what her plan was and who'd sent her. My gosh, yeah. paranoid much? So they go to the mansion. They aren't speaking. He well, does. You forgot this part. The first what? time he sees her, though, he describes her as the most beautiful creature he's ever seen in his life. They both have that instant attraction to one another, but he's he's not going to trust it. He's not going to give into it because she's got to be a spy, right? Yeah, and this all would have... She adjusts so quickly and easily, I can't believe it. Because when they're traveling in this thing, this silver disc thing. It takes about 20 minutes to get to his place, and he's just glaring at her. Staring at her the whole time. We forgot to mention, because this to me is very important, because what a contradiction. When they're explaining to her how things work on their planet, the men have to treat their women like gold, it's their job to satisfy them, and their every need and want and desire it reflects very badly on them they it, because she's worried that she's going to get hurt and they're like that would never happen a man would never hurt a woman on this planet and if god forbid he something went wrong and he did he knows that he would be his punishment would be swift and severe but from the get-go he's not nice to her he's basically at some point decides that he wants to do the bare minimum husband duties because he still doesn't trust her so this guy was a piece of work i don't know yeah <laughs> I don't care how good looking he is. Yeah, he's beyond damaged. So it's not his looks that make him hard to be married to. It's his shitty attitude. Yeah. 
Okay, so when they're at the mansion, she is talking a lot the whole time because she doesn't think he can understand her. And at some point, she realizes that he had some injuries. I think they were on his back. So she's kind of cleaning them up. And she says those markings, she sighed, tracing the mark with her finger. I'd like to lick every one of them. She said with a wicked smile. Oh, she must be in front of him because then he Mm -hmm. leans in close and says in a low rumbling voice, is that so? So this asshole has been able to understand her the whole time. He's just not speaking to her. (laughs) How embarrassing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She's very Mm -hmm. embarrassed because she because they even told her when she picked him, well, his transmitter hasn't been updated yet. So we're going to have to do that before he can really understand what you're saying. But he apparently updated his translator on his own before they left together. Right. He's so sneaky. Yes, isn't he? Okay. I kind of actually liked that he confronts her right away about the fact that he thinks that she's a spy. Mm-hmm. Even though he's being an asshole about it, at least he's very upfront from the get go of the, I don't trust you. I think you're a spy. What are your motives? Yada, yada, yada. And of course she denies everything because it's not true. Puts her up, uh, forcibly grabs her and puts her up on the counter and forces his way in between her legs while he's saying all this stuff. And of course she's only wearing like one of his t-shirts at this point. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he ends up mistaking a lot of times in this book he mistakes her arousal for fear in terms of Mm -hmm. smell he thinks that he's scaring her and it makes him happy but it's he's not we find out later when she actually does get afraid that's when he can tell the difference idiot (laughs) yeah i was gonna say how did he get a a 10 in the sex class and he can't tell the difference maybe because she's a human so she smells i don't fucking know he's real dumb Oh, okay he is very dumb. Okay, go ahead. Um, he also tells her that he owns miles of land in every direction. And if you run, I'll chase you. I like a good hunt, but you won't like what happens if I catch you. Uh, the next morning, he makes her breakfast, continues to say that she won't get any information out of him. And he's even more of a paranoid psychotic at this point. His next plan in order to get her to crack and really hate her life is to introduce (laughs) her to his alien pet named Sibo. But when she meets this pet, it's basically a dog from earth. So the plan backfires. He even says, did I get tricked to get a class four planet pet? Because this was supposed to be an exotic and rare animal here. And she says, it looks just like a dog. (laughs) So stupid. Right. Yes. Ugh. This was annoying. She gets some clothes and she has this like self-hatred towards how she looks. But of course, his response is, I've only felt the soft curves of your body twice, but it's been the highlight of my year that I haven't even seen all of you yet. But then, of course, as soon as he says that, then he gets an angry look on his face as if he doesn't want her to know that's what he's thinking. He hates the fact that he's attracted to her. (sighs) Okay. (laughs) This is really fucking... I can't with this. So he's really, he's really reaching here on how to drive her nuts and really torture her. So his next thing he's decided he's going to do to torment her into revealing that she is a spy is he's going to tell her at dinner about this tradition that on the second night of marriage, the husband and wife bathe together. And then they do that again once a week for the remainder of their marriage. This was so so fucking stupid. This was totally stupid, besides the fact that it's ridiculous. It also goes against 
everything that she was told when she was at the choosing thing that she wouldn't have, he wouldn't touch her. He's already violated everything they told her. He's not going to touch you. You don't have to sleep with him. You don't have to be in the same bed with him. But this asshole is going to grab her and strip her naked, threaten to strip her naked. He's very threatening, even though they tell her no one's ever going to threaten you. You're you're going to be very safe. I guess because he's alone in this mansion in the middle of the woods. So she doesn't have anybody to talk to to confirm these things with. So even though she's like, this doesn't sound right and there's no way in fuck I want to do this, he forces her to do it. Yeah, I don't like it. It's a really weird way of forcing more proximity in an already forced proximity book. They do take that bath together. They drink. They actually talk. It's basically a hot tub. It's got bubbles and stuff. At one point, this was the only like funny thing that happens in this section. He asks her, what happened to your parents and aunt? And her response was, they refused to get me the pony I wanted for Christmas. So I killed them <laughs> all. That's how yeah. my life as an assassin began. <laughs> so that was kind of funny. Um... This chapter does have decent backstory on them. She asks if she can invite a woman over that she met at the choosing and the viewing named Asiva. And he says he'll allow it only if she'll lick his scars. As soon as he said this, I'm like, how fucking degrading. Yeah, I have no comment. He ends up purring when she licks one of his scars, but then he gets pissed off again at his reaction mm -hmm. to her. So then the next chapter is them both separately deciding on new plans of attack. Theo decides he's going to stay as far away from her as possible. Meanwhile, she decides to get as close to him as possible. And at this point, we're 50% into the book and I've gotten emotional whiplash from him as a character. Yeah. <laughs> this is too much for me. He says, or he thinks I should say, before meeting her, he hadn't recognized how lonely he was. If she was indeed the one female in the entire universe who wanted him, then she was a blessing. If he accepted her, he might know peace for a while. Blanching, he thought back to how he treated her, bellowing at her and trying to find ways to torture her. He'd likely ruined any chance he may have had. Okay, he has a little bit of epiphany here at the 50% mark. <laughs> yeah. But he still doesn't change what he's doing. <clears throat> no, he doesn't. And I gotta tell you, at this point in the book... I had rolled my eyes and shook my head so many times that my eyes are probably frozen in the rolling my eyes position. I like enemies to lovers, but this is not how you I do it. I don't like you, it. This isn't a good way to do it because he's basically just a paranoid psychotic in the entire book until the very end. It's very weird. I think the one enemies to lovers book I really liked was Rebecca Hefner's book that we read. It's the vampires. Remember that book? Oh my god, I'm blanking. I'm sorry, Rebecca. I apologize. I'm blanking on the name of that book. It was, was one it of the end of hatred. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. That was an enemies to lovers book, but it was I loved it. It was hilarious. But this is to me is not it's bullying and intimidation and just being an asshole on purpose. Yeah, it's kind of like a high school romance, bully romance in that respect. Yes. Thank you. That's exactly what it is. And God knows I don't read those. 
parts of Jade's character I didn't really like because sometimes she sticks up for herself, but more often than not, she's like a doormat and she's just kind mm -hmm. of keeps changing how she is in order to get along with him and trying to make it work. Okay, but she does get Asiva to come over and while they're talking, she realizes that Asiva is Theo's sister. What an Yeah, because she was all jealous. Yes, she was all jealous that this woman... Why is she jealous? The guy's a dick. Well, because Theo, well, exactly, because she's drawn to him and she wants to make it work. But Theo explained to her how he used to have women over all the time just for sex because he was the freak show and everyone wanted to say how they had slept with the freak show. Yeah, because he's so good in bed. Okay, the only like great thing that came out of this was her and Asiva decide to kind of play a prank to get back at Theo. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> Jade explains to him, Asiva told her a custom that she wasn't aware of, but she says, oh, instead of a couple's bath, I get to choose what we do. She called it female's choice. I was like, oh, okay, this is a little cute, but also kind of stupid. <laughs> so... Jade tries to seduce him. Uh, she wears a dress and asks him to heal a cut that she has on her ass. They have some hot sexy times in one of the rooms, but then a visitor shows up at the house. It's some guy named Zorus. He's yeah. a friend of Theo's and he's there to update Theo on the investigation he's been doing into Jade being a spy. Of course, she comes out of the room smelling like After sex. Yeah, after he specifically told her, do not come out of the room. And he's, is he a friend? Or he's like a colleague or like a fellow oh, okay. mercenary or he's somebody he knows. Yeah, he's I don't know bad... how friendly they are. Yeah, he's the bad guy. He ends up being the bad guy. Yeah, he ends up being the bad guy. Theo loses ends his up... shit. Oh, yes, he loses his shit. He tells Zorus he needs to leave. He yells at Jade for smelling like a horny pheromone filled sex pot near another man. Yeah. And it's, it's all very barbaric. unusual and barbaric mm. caveman ish considering he doesn't like her. He's yeah, very possessive he, of her. He doesn't understand what's happening. He's losing control around her and she notices his eyes go from blue to black to blue again. Yes. His eyes change color. He's an alien. So what the fuck does she know? Maybe that's what happens to them. Yeah. She questions nothing. At this point, I stopped taking notes. My last note just says gross. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, good. So go ahead. Theo goes to his sister's house and he admits to her that he cannot control his reactions when he's around her. She tells him, well, you should at least give it a try to get along with her for the three months you're together. What do you have to lose? There's, you know, what if she's not a spy? Mm -hmm. It'll be fine. Just make the best of this bad situation. So he kind of goes along with it. Her suggestions. Um, Jade teaches him how to kiss. She wants to take things further because something about being on this alien planet has made her the horniest she's apparently ever been in, in her entire fucking life. Yeah, and she overlooks everything bad that he's done because... She wants to sleep with him. She basically pushes him into the sexy times because she, I think she strips off all her clothes and she runs out of the house through the forest to make him go primal on her. I don't know. Okay. So they end up having sex in the forest, but then, okay, this is really fucking weird. Which he part? Explains to, 
Well, uh, well, yes, there's a lot of weird things that happen, but okay. He explains to her after they have sex that for a Clacanian female, their mm. entrance closes tightly and they won't produce any lubrication for 24 hours until their entrance relaxes again. Ew. Well, That's it's funny. all the trying to get pregnant thing. Yeah, but it's, gr I did not need to visualize. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I like how he's blown away when she explains to him, oh, that's not what human women are like at all. We can have sex as many times as we want. Oh, this is like a blessing to him. Yeah, of course. Okay, but then this is a highlight I had from the book. Okay. He's, he still didn't understand why such a possessive feeling came over him. He'd become crazed in an instant. Instead of pushing this feeling away, he began to accept it as part of him just as she had. He knew for certain now that he'd never be able to let her go. He'd even begun thinking through a plan to steal her away if she decided to leave him in two months. There was no way he could live without her after experiencing what his life could be like. So at 70% in the book, Asiva tells Theo that she thinks that Jade is his mate. And she asks him, have you recognized her as a mate? And he says, mates don't exist anymore. And no, my eyes haven't changed. But then of course, in that same chapter, she asks Jade, have you noticed mm -hmm. Theo's eyes change color around you? And of course, mm -hmm. Jade says, yeah, it's pretty freaky, right? How they go all black like that. So of mm -hmm. course, she just thinks it's an alien thing. But now we know for sure it's yes. a mate thing. And then... Later on, Asiva has to really very clearly spell it out for him because apparently, like all men in the universe, Theo yeah. is a moron. Yeah, it's universally known that <sighs> men are stupid as fuck. So he finally accepts that she is his mate, and this triggers the mate markings to appear. Yeah, why didn't they just appear when his eyes started changing? He has to acknowledge in his brain to make them appear. I don't get it. He has to accept her as his mate. And because he accepts that she's his mate, that's when he gets the mate markings. Does it make any oh, sense? Oh, that's right. He has to say it over and over. Yeah, it's ridiculous. This is a primitive thing that should be happening. Not a conscious thing. He has to literally repeat, Jade's my mate, till he gets it. Yeah. Oh, boy. Because that's how dumb he is. He has to say it like three times before it sinks in. Okay, so then I'm just really summarizing the rest of the book. Jade Please. ends up getting kidnapped. The evil alien has been kidnapping women around the galaxy and trying to make pregnancy stick. That way they can help their dwindling population. She, of course, gets rescued. But when she gets rescued, she says that there were other humans in the facility. Just basically set up for the other books in the series. She finds out at this point that she's pregnant and then in the epilogue epilogue is five months later pregnancies on this planet only last six so she's about to have this baby any day now we find out in the epilogue that luca one of the other characters is missing so he must be book two and basically they're having a party for an alien gender reveal party this was stupid in the book but i will also say i think they're fucking stupid in real life so yeah whatever <laughs> Yeah. Fuck, nobody fucking cares about your gender reveal party. I agree. So anyway, she's having a girl because of course she is because they need more girls on this planet. So what'd you think? Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> I apologize in advance to this author because like I've said many, many times, 
I'm not a writer. I don't write. So, you know, you possess a talent that I don't have, but I, I'm trying to get back to where I made my notes, my comments notes. It's like, okay. So I have many comments about this book. I didn't like it. It's like, it's a contradiction of terms from the get-go that men treat women like gold, but they don't. She's hit by these men that kidnap her. They try to force her to have sex. Guy that's the bad guy reveals to her he's a total bigot. He can't stand Theo's bloodline because he's mixed and this guy wants to preserve, you know, he's basically Hitler on another planet. He's willing to have sex with her. He's willing to kidnap all these women from other planets and force them to try to get pregnant because he believes that their species spread far and wide in the universe and that possibly the humans are somehow mixed with these Celestians. So the bigot has no problem mating with her and impregnating her because even though she's human, he thinks that part of her is their origin, right? Something like that. He's like, why are we so closely compatible? Why do we look so similar? Why do we to look you? so right? Yeah. I didn't like this book for many reasons. I don't like enemies to lover books. <sighs> There's just a lot of reasons. And I think that we need to stop promoting the thing to women that, you know, a woman's love can change a man. That is a horrible mate to begin with. Yeah. I didn't like that he was denying his relationship for so long. It's not until I think it was like 85% into the book when his sister really explains to him, you're having all these paranoid reactions and these uncontrollable behaviors with her because she's your mate. And because you haven't accepted her as your mate, it's literally driving you insane. It kind of like verges too much on the like domestic violence behavior to me yes i agree a hundred percent yes oh well you just you love her so much that's why you can't control your outrageous outbursts your paranoid behavior it's all fine it's like so we're just supposed to add 85 percent into the book forgive him for all of his shitty behavior because he couldn't help himself because he was he didn't realize he was a mate to her and so now we're supposed to trust that all of a sudden he's gonna be good to her we never see him be good to her like at all because the book ends yes we need to stop promoting I am adamant about this. We need to stop promoting that aggression is equal to love, is equal to happily ever after. I had a friend that was killed through domestic violence. I know three other people who've lost siblings that were killed through domestic violence. This is not love. This is not love. And we need to stop promoting it. We need to promote strong women. And that's just... Again, it's my opinion that this is not okay. It's a bummer because this book had gotten like good reviews. Mm -hmm. So I thought we were really going to love it. And I thought that he was going to be a cinnamon roll because nobody wanted mm -hmm. him. And so she chose him. And so he was going to be thankful he got chosen and he was going to be all about. So I thought it was going to be like a sweet romance. Mm -hmm, I did too. It, it really wasn't because he's like, oh, this bitch chose me. There must be something wrong with her. It's like, uh, okay. <laughs> Yeah. Very weird. 
How, how sad is that? I don't feel like you can mix the primitive aspect of having a mate, having your eyes change, but then have it overridden. To me, in a shifter romance, that when you recognize this person as your mate, they're your mate, and you want to treat them like gold and love them, you can't have the logical aspect of the brain competing with the primitive part of the brain, in my mind, to this extent. I give mm -hmm. this a big fat zero. Dry okay. panties. In fact, dry grandma panties with bloomers over them. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is our first bloomer rating. <laughs> It is, but it's like this thoroughfare is closed and it's never open to you, bud. You're as closed off as one of those Clacanian females. Yes, right. <laughs> That's right. Oh, and the other part of this book we didn't discuss, and this was the other part I didn't like. The women, if they did become pregnant, they gave the babies to the men. The men raised them because why? The men are so much better at raising a baby than the female. And she goes off, you know, leaving her baby with the male and mates yet again, because that's part of their duty, mates with other males to try to perpetuate having more children. Yeah, because I think Asiva explains that to her. Yes, where she left she her has, baby. She's got two kids with two other guys yeah. that she has the kid and moves it along. It's very heavy on the reversing all of the stereotypes of men versus women, but this is taking it too far to the extreme, I feel like. I agree, because women have been oppressed for so long. We don't need to have the pendulum swing so far in the opposite direction that the men are oppressed. Can we just mm -hmm. have great, sexy relationships? No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I know I can't. Apparently, I'm <laughs> unable to. But I mean, even in fantasy books, we can't. For the love of God, it's the whole point of me reading. I think for me, I would maybe give this like a one or maybe like a little higher than a one because when they did finally hook up, it was kind of hot. But I didn't really like the characters. And yeah, I didn't either. The wishy-washiness and these weird things that kept pop. It's like... As if she didn't know how to, like, get the characters to the point that she wanted them to get to. Like, mm -hmm. the licking of the scars. So they, like, made up this whole forced bathtub thing. I was definitely disappointed, which is a bummer because this series has, like, quite a few books in it. Seven yeah. books. So, but mm -hmm. I'm not going to... I'm not going to read anymore. So, oh, well. I'm not either. And, and I really think that this book could have been really, really good. So I'm sorry to the author again, but it, this is just not the type of stuff I like to read. All right. So what else are you reading or watching or doing? I was just grabbing my phone. There's absolutely nothing on TV. So if it's like if I watch one more serial killer or disappearance thing, I, I've got to find something else to read. So, or to watch. So I am currently reading, I'm reading two things. I'm reading An Offer to the Orc, which is the Parish Woods book number four by Tracy Lauren. Did we get disconnected? No, I'm listening. I was writing it down. An oh. Offer to the Orc. So that's the one that you had pre-ordered? I had pre-ordered it. It dropped yesterday or the day before. And I was like, oh, I got I got to start reading this. 
And then I'm also reading the KF Breen Gargoyle Shifting. It's called The Alliance because now they're trying to form alliances with other Gargoyle clans. But I got to tell you, I'm really kind of lost in this book. And I think this is book seven Mm -hmm. in the series. And I've, I've really enjoyed every one of them. But this particular part of that magical midlife, whatever. Okay. Yes, it is. And I'm kind of lost in this because the clan, the different clans are trying to impress her, but she went off on this long tangent in this book about, you know, each clan has something that they're really good at making. And there's like some warring between the textile and rug making clans. And I'm like, what? What? What That's Yes, thank you. (laughs) It's very bizarre. Okay. (laughs) It is very bizarre. I'm like, I don't understand what's happening in this book. So I'm not sure. So I stopped reading it as soon as I found out that the offering to the orc. And I'm like a quarter of the way through it already. I started reading it last night. What about you? What are you you reading? I've read a few things. I read... I can't remember if I mentioned these last time. Dance of the Forest King by Alessa Thorne. Oh my Um, god, I can't believe you said that because I started listening. Now that I found out I have the Alexa app on my phone, if I have books in my Kindle, Alexa will play it. Yes, I've known people that have done that before. So I started listening to the Dance of the Forest King, but I was having a hard time following it. How ironic that you and I picked the same book. What is with us? We're so in sync well you might be a little (laughs) lost because dance of the forest king is book one in a trilogy but it's set in the same universe as her fey universe series so there's a lot of characters in that series that are back in this like this main guy oberon he's Mm -hmm. the uncle or these characters are the uncles to the people we met in the other books i need to start with those other books what is it what are they called Kiss of the Blood Prince is book number one in the Fae Universe series. Okay, I will start with that because I did get to that part where it's the, somebody's uncle. I'm like, who the fuck are these people? Who are these yeah. people? Okay, I think that's why so you're lost. All right, thank you because I like her. So, all right, thank yeah, you. Yeah, okay. So I read that. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this last time, but I finished the Carissa Broadbent story, Slaying the Vampire Conqueror. That was mm. book four in the Crowns of Neaxia series that she has. Every book in that series is really good. I try to write down when you are mentioning things and I I keep my notes. My notes are kept in a very organized fashion, thrown all over my desk. So I can never find <laughs> anything. <laughs> so there's it's 22... A- pieces of paper that have different things written on them that you've mentioned and no I don't have that written down but that doesn't mean it's not fallen on the ground somewhere I will say though that I found a new author and I think she's an indie author I've I like devoured two of her books in like four days I really liked them there was some stuff about them that kind of bugged me but overall I really liked them okay Um, the first book was called feral instincts oh and 
The second book was Feral Awakening. The third What's book her name? That, oh, Stephanie Storm. Yeah, that might help if I actually said the author's name. Shout out so, to you, Stephanie. Yeah, she's got the third book in that series is going to release in July. So oh. each book follows a different couple, but the books are interconnected because the characters overlap and then also the conflict uh, that's happening in their society overlaps so i think you need to read them in order even though they're separate couples but i guess if you read two before you read one it wouldn't be that she did a good job of like explaining it so you maybe could read them as standalones if you wanted well that book i'm reading an offer to the orc I like uh -huh. it because it's a character that was introduced in another book. And okay. I think you should, you really need to read them in order too. So that's, I actually finished that book this morning while I was drinking my coffee, that second book. So <laughs> the book that I'm going to read right now is the book that we picked for the podcast. That's what I'm going to read next. Okay. So I, I have to finish my orc book. I can't stop reading it now. Say what the next book is. No rush on your current read, but our next book is going to be Set, Gods of the Duet, book one by Alessa Thorne. Yes, I do like her. I learned stuff and I just find it interesting. I think she's a good writer. I think we do need to mention too, I should have mentioned this at the beginning, is we both have a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff going on in our lives right now. And even though we're trying to drop the podcast, because God knows we don't want to disappoint our followers, but um, we have a lot going on. So we've kind of been slipping and sliding in the um, getting things done mode. Uh, that's your way of saying that the episodes haven't been releasing on Wednesdays like they're supposed to. You're busy. <laughs> You're busy. I, I, I mean, I know. And you just posted so that thing on Instagram and I thought this is just so appropriate. It's perfect yeah. about being, you don't need, go ahead, talk. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. It's, you know, I feel bad that we don't release them on time, but there's, like you said, there's a lot going on. There's too much we, happening in life. Yeah, we recorded our last episode. We actually recorded it on Mother's Day, which was a Sunday. And then I didn't have it edited and posted until Friday. Also at the same time, like a couple of nights I came home from work and like went to bed at like 7 p.m. because I was so tired. So it's That's just okay. like trying That's to get okay. it done is a lot. So bear with us, everybody. We're trying to record them and release them on Wednesdays. Sometimes it doesn't happen. But if you follow us as soon yeah. as the episodes pop up on Spotify, it'll appear. Right. So you'll know, but we're still around, even if we're a little delayed sometimes. Right. I mean, that Mother's Day weekend was exhausting because I had done something Friday. I had done something. Saturday was my birthday. So we did stuff then. Sunday was Mother's Day, which was a blast. And, you know, the whole weekend was fun for me. I hope it was for you too, but I had a really good time. And then on top of doing all of that on Mother's Day, then we recorded the episode and I was like, good God, we have a lot going on. And you, you know, uh, you just have so much going on, Rachel. I, I feel bad. I wish I could take stuff off your plate. But just so people know, if we're going to go anywhere, we'll announce it. <laughs> we'll be so like, like, if we're going to stop. Yeah, we're, we'd be like, we're out of here, but we're not. We're just super busy. And, you know, sometimes you have to do things that you have to do. That's just the way it is. And I, I loved that post you put on Instagram about 
being busy doesn't mean it's always a good thing. Just means life's getting in the way. Very true. And uh, speaking of life getting in the way, should we go so we could do yes. whatever else we need to do? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Because I bought, I, I hate to tell you this, but what is wrong with me? I bought plants. I know it's a <laughs> shock. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and I, ha I have tried not to purchase foxgloves and delphiniums, but I love them. I have absolutely no place to put them in my garden. And I have to get them in the ground and I have to find some shade, which I don't have in this garden. So I'll be busy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, my, <laughs> and my hands hurt so bad because I've been working in the garden every day for the past three days. But oh, geez. I, I need to be tranquilized. Yes, I agree. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. You too, Missy. All right. Well, enjoy it. I'm going to just, it's a Sunday. So I'm just going to do Sunday things like laundry and, you know, all the things. Yes. I, it's so sad that cleaning my house is at the very bottom of my to-do list. Mm. Cleaning's overrated. It's just going to get dirty again. And because I'm making so many friends. I'm just overwhelmed with the invitations of, can you meet me for lunch? Can we go to the museum? Will you it's sit so exciting. on the board? I'm like, God, what is it that people are, you know, I think of myself as being really annoying, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> apparently I'm not to some people. Nope. Not to us. Okay. All right. And thank you again for the delicious cookies. I inhaled several of them last night. Nice. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. All right. You have an incredibly awesome day. Get some good you time and we'll take it from there. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Bye, honey. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Bonded Books podcast. You can rate and review us on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Our email is bondedbookspodcast at gmail.com and check the show notes for a link to all of our social media. Mm -hmm.